Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to the Future of Media Explained with me, Prescott Editor-in-Chief Dominic Ponsford. And this week's episode is called Build Versus Buy. Subtitle could be How to Avoid the Digital Snake Oil Salesman. So joining me this week, we have Jason Agnew from Big Buy, who are also our first podcast sponsor. Brilliant. Brilliant to have you on and welcome, Jason. Uh, Thanks for having me. And just to explain, Big Byte is the UK's leading WordPress agency, which revolutionizes how organizations create, collaborate, and publish. So this week's episode is called Build Versus Buy, and I think the subtitle could be How to Avoid the Digital Snake Oil Salesman. And the reason I say that is that over the years when Press Gazettes in, invested in content management systems at different publishers. We're often told that everything is going to be great by the salesperson, but then when it comes along, they all seem to have various challenges and problems. And I don't know if the I don't know if the perfect content management system's been created, but I've, I'm yet to find it. So it's probably the biggest single investment that a publisher makes. It's one that people don't want to get wrong. Really, it's great to have you on, Jason, to help guide us through it a bit and just. If you wouldn't mind, could you just explain a bit more about Big Byte? I know I, I know you guys are up in Middlesbrough. Yeah, really simply, we help people publish content better with WordPress. It's really as simple as that. It doesn't always have to be a publisher, but a lot of our work is with publishers. A lot of it's around editorial tooling. Uh, if we can speed up the editorial process per article by 10%, that's a lot more content you can write or more research that they can be doing so the quality of the content improves. And so... It's just coming in and trying to improve that process so much that the business actually improves the revenue streams. I can ask you a couple of questions afterwards. I want to hear a bit more of your insight. But first of all, we're going to go back in time just over a week to our Future of Media Technology Conference, where one of the big talking points was this build versus buy debate. First of all, we're going to hear from Andy McCarg, who is the CTO at Hello, the, the sort of showbiz or celebrity magazine and website. He was formerly at Dennis. So he joined Hello at the beginning of this year, and he's been charged with completely rebuilding their content management system from scratch. He said he's found a, a lot of challenges there, a lot of problems to solve, and he, he gave us a little bit of an insight into how they're going about it there at Hello. So... What we've had to do is modernize. Just to give you a little bit of where we're coming from, on the 9th of September, 
sad announcement, the Queen died. Our website went offline for two hours because the tech stack was just not quite there. So what we're doing is going to bring that forward. As I said, great content. It is The editorial team is amazing. They are hugely driven. They get data. They get the audience that it's trying to get to. What is really hindering us at the minute is the other bits and pieces. So we have a 10-year-old platform. Our hosting is on-premises. We're sold products and too often, and I've been here seven months. Andy, oh, can we just put the single line of JavaScript on the page? We just bought another product. We don't buy solutions. We're not thinking about actually what we're trying to achieve at the end of it. We have no version control. We FTP stuff to make it live. So we copy and paste it to go live. Eco help is a big problem. The other big problem we've got is we're very, very sensitive to change. So every time we make a very small change, we can see Google rankings fluctuate just massively in a day. And we're roughly looking at the sort of metric internally we use is a million uniques in UK and a million uniques in the US a day. Any numbers on either side of that, people get a little bit twitchy. So first thing we looked at was CMS. I've come from 20-odd years of development experience. I've built CMSs. I've bought CMSs. I've done open source CMSs. And each time, you've got to decide what is right for the audience, and the audience being the editorial team. And it's an audience that's always forgotten. Get your audience there satisfied, the rest of it becomes easier. We don't have a data strategy. So for 20-odd years that we've been online, we've just had audience. We get lots of people, they enjoy the website, but nobody's really gone and said, what is the strategy? What are we trying to achieve? So we're trying to rethink now what does that look like? We don't have a data lake. We've got bits and pieces of data around the place. But I keep saying to my guys, there's three layers that we need. We need editorial data to, to inform editors about what their content is, how successful it's been, has it hit the audience? Marketing data. Do the marketeers have the data that they need to be able to tweak campaigns and other bits and pieces? And then commercial data. How do we go out to agencies to get a better product? Last thing is migrations. Migrations are the hardest thing to do. You're taking legacy content. Everyone thinks it's easy. Oh, just copy and paste it, put it here. We've got somewhere in the region of 500,000 images, and about 350,000 articles to move. Some of it's still used, some of it's not used. Some of it is actually still in static HTML. So we're having to scoop all that stuff up and somehow get it into our new platform. So build confidence. I'm a great believer that you need to test the team. You've got to test the products that you're looking at. So proof of concepts. What does that really mean to me? So can the team deliver what we need to? So as I, I came in and said, we're going to build a new platform. I knew Drupal. I'd worked with Drupal. I'd worked with WordPress. And I, as I, I built CMSs. In Hello and Ola, we have two CMSs at the minute. And actually, Ola uses two CMSs to publish content. One's bought, one's custom built. Absolute nightmare. So ideas in my head were, how do we simplify? How do we make things easy for us to move forward? For us, it's going to be a built CMS. It takes a load of the complexity. We don't think about upgrades. And I can really concentrate as a publisher on what we do best. We write content. So that was Andy at... Uh Hello or holla. So next up, we're just going to hear quickly from the uh, from the build versus buy like panel discussion that we had at the conference. We had a couple of really good speakers there. First up, we're going to hear from Larry Chevra, who's the VP Software Engineering at CNN Digital, just to give us a bit of in, an insight on some of the challenges they've got and how they're solving them. The alignment of the solution 
required by the business, and the diversity of elements under that will really lead to either alignment with pre-existing solutions or the requirement to go out on your own. CNN may not be a surprise as a completely custom system has been that way for well before my tenure. They're key elements for us, scalability, speed, of course, the flexibility for the distribution and the capabilities around that, and the number of stakeholders, which we find is much larger than traditional companies have in terms of what their requirements are of the CMS. So we're pursuing a, a custom system there to solve for that. Prior to CNN, as I mentioned, my previous company, we had built a custom system, but then found that it answered a lot of the pain points and actually turned that into a licensing business where I tried to go out and convince people that an off-the-self solution was good. And that's because it lined up with the needs of those organizations and the scale. A key element, and obviously we are able to do this at CNN, is the commitment that the company has to support one or the other. The commitment to go down the custom road requires a complete understanding from the business, all facets, all stakeholders, to what that truly means so that you don't end up in the situations that a lot of companies have ended up with where they have to clean up that mess. Obviously, breaking news is a large part of our business and our ability to meet those events and provide the tooling needed for all of the editorial staff involved has led us to build things that I haven't seen in, in, in many other systems. From, for example, managing our homepage, which is constantly changed. That's, that can be managed by 15, 20 people at a single time. All people working on different parts of the page. And sometimes working on the same elements. One person working on the image, another person fashioning the caption that might go on that. And when those elements are ready, they need to go. So it's not a published page. It's publish this, publish that, tweak this, update that. And then the ability to communicate that. So obviously that implies that these 15, 20 people that are in there at the same time all need to know about what actions are going on. So you create a real-time communication system that allows that coordination to go instead of a separate workflow or a separate channel for that kind of collaboration. A full set of collaboration tooling that allows us to do those type of breaking stories. And publish in, in some cases. We have another product that, that when we devote to a breaking story that's called our live story, that works in a similar way and updates will be coming literally within seconds of each other as we see. And so those type of elements have led us to a lot of customization that I think is only possible with obviously something that needs to be built. The extensibility, I absolutely agree. You can build on tools, but the, it requires the openness to layer in a solution like that. And that's just one example. And then for our final clip, we've got Sanjay Rabindran, who's the CIO at New Statesman Group, this very building. So he's been rebuilding and reimagining a lot of our websites, not least the New Statesman itself. So he's just going to give us a bit of an insight into his view on all this. I think the place that I always start with, and a lot of us start with, is strategy and monetization. What is your strategy for the business? Where is that going to make money? And that will direct your choices, your technology choices, and a whole host of things along with that. And that's really the thing. And if I take the example of New States and Media Group, we knew we had to support 
20, 30, 40 websites, and that required a different sort of solution. The other thing that I'd stress is strategies different from monetization. Again, at New Statesman, we have a different monetization path that are not your standard advertising and things like that. So that also directed us down the path that we went with and we decided on WordPress because that gave us a core functionality that's tried and tested and you didn't have to worry about it. But we knew we would have to build on top of that, which is what we did. From the New Statesman comes a new podcast, Audio Long Reads. The best of our reported features and essays, read aloud. Featuring writing from our authors, including Ian McEwan on wrestling with Orwell's Inside the Whale. Might we reasonably assume that there is no longer an inside to the whale? That the creature lies stranded on the beach, as whales sometimes are? That the guts and blubber and ribcage are on display? A year inside GB News with Stuart McGurk. At first, the problems weren't ideological, but practical, technical and quite, well, obvious. And Maria Wilczek on Belarusian football fans who took on Alexander Lukashenko. After the August 2020 protests, hundreds of ultras were roughed up and held in custody. One was later found dead in suspicious circumstances. Ease into the weekend with our audio long reads, published every Saturday morning. Just search Audio Long Reads from the New Statesman wherever you get your podcasts. So Jason, there's three three publishing companies there with three different approaches, which to my mind probably sum up the different approaches that people take with this sort of thing. You've got CNN, vast US publisher where they've built everything in-house, probably at vast expense, and it sounds like it's very good. We've got Andy at Hello, where um, they've bought a, a bespoke system. It's not one of the open source ones like WordPress or Drupal, but one that's one that's made by a supplier. And there's a few of those around. And then finally, we've got Sanjay, who's used a WordPress-based approach. I think we bolted on some custom stuff as well, but it's mainly a, a WordPress installation, which is something that I'm very familiar with. That's what Prescott's been on for many years. I know you, I can guess what you're going to say, Jason, but I'm just wondering, what are your thoughts about this debate? What, it does seem te- tempting to go for WordPress, which is something that's developed by a big community of developers improving all the time. But obviously, this, it's not going to be for everyone. So what's the sort of what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, obviously, I might be a little bit biased because we work in WordPress. But in actual fact, out of all the discussions, I really enjoyed Andy's the most, even though that they've bought the CMS effectively. The reason I enjoyed it was that they had a quite a startup vibe in, in how they built it. They came in they had a really poor situation to start with, as in it was really difficult for them to actually ship anything. There was no source control anything in the place. So I liked how they kind of went as quick as they could. And they went on some of the more hot tech trends in terms of like Next.js, which, you know, I think it's an interesting choice. I think there's an excitement about how that project was delivered. And they they explored the idea of experiments. So they experimented with the AI recirculation. And I think that's really important when you're developing in, to understand that you can experiment with different sections and just try stuff out rather than be so fixated on getting to the perfect solution. So I think Andy done a really good job of explaining that. So you guys are 
I believe, the only WordPress VIP gold partner in the UK, which means that you've really bet the farm on WordPress, as it were. I'm just wondering why that is. Why are you wedded to that as a solution? Yeah, like everyone, you can fall into something. A company in its own right is the people who start it, and that's the founders, and that includes me. And That's what I started the news at the very beginning. But in the very early days of WordPress, we considered if it was even the right choice for us as a business, and we did try all our solutions out there. There's platforms like Craft CMS, which are more commercialized, and the advantage is I think you can generally get to a completion of a project quicker in some other CMSs. But what we find was that the upgrade path was harder. So maintenance was more difficult. Hiring people to work on those platforms was harder. WordPress is a big community, as you said. When you want to bring on new team members, it's a lot easier if you stick an ad out and say you're looking for WordPress developers. And it's pretty easy to find people in that field. I think it's a more sustainable CMS choice. And that's what we've done. And we've kind of leaned heavily into it. And it's paid off for us. And that's how we got in to be a gold partner. You work with the likes of News Corp, The Times, Gumtree, Amnesty International. So there's a, lot, there's a lot of big brands and publishers out there on WordPress, not, not least ourselves. So the other thing I was going to ask you, Jason, was I think one of the challenges in this area is that it's often editors or CEOs who are making this decision about what content management system to go to. And it's not just CMSs, it's all manner of things that you buy now as a sort of digital publisher. You're buying these technical things when you're not really a technical person. And I think that's why people can end up with the wrong thing, basically. You're spending a lot of money on something that doesn't necessarily solve the problem they have. So I just wondered if you have any sort of general advice, really, for people and what to look out for when you're buying a content management system. Bearing in mind that they may go for WordPress or they may go for something else, but what are the sort of general things to look out for? Yeah, so there's definitely a, a list of things that you can think about. I think the most important is, is to understand that everyone starts at a different place. Not every solution works for everyone. So if you have a development team in place, your choices are going to be different to someone who doesn't. That's the same as if you have an infrastructure team who can provide hosting or not. And we heard that in some of the panel conversations about the different team sizes and what they had in-house and didn't. Um, there's also how bad's the current situation? How fast do you have to rush this through? Because taking your time is the best, the cheapest way of doing it. But if you're in a dire situation where your site's going down because of the Queen's funeral, for example, then maybe you do need to go quicker. And equally, it's a lot to do with the senior leadership. If they have a technical background, it opens you to be able to hire all our technical people to be involved in the process. But if everyone's from a non-technical role, then that's a lot more difficult. And that might be the case where you start reaching out to external companies to provide that support. I break it down into a couple of things. I think one of the most important that we come across a lot of times is politics, like company politics. And that's a lot about people not admitting when something's gone wrong. So they won't admit the current solution is bad, but it might be because they were involved in the build. And so they're very protective about changing that. And you first is look to yourself and see, is there politics interfering with what choice is going to be the right one? Because what can happen is they'll push against the change of a CMS and they might start saying it's somewhere else in the organization that's the problem. And then one that I'm quite passionate about is vendor lock. And that can be internal or an agency or even a CMS provider that you pay. It's if you're going to build something and you become attached to that vendor and you've no option to leave, that's a really difficult position to get yourself into. And a lot of agencies will do that to their clients as well. They'll build a code base and there'll be proprietary tech in there and it becomes more and more difficult for that publisher to leave. And so when you're making those decisions, you need to say to yourself, I want to be somewhere that I can change who I'm using at any point. A bit like if you hired an electrician to work on your house, you know you can hire an oil electrician at any point in the future to do that work. And that's the approach you need to be taking with the CMS. There has to be no vendor lock whatsoever. 
And internal teams cause this as well. You get that one person you can deploy and no one else knows how to do it. And that person becomes vendor lock because you can't change anything without the permission of that one person. And so every area of a project, you should be thinking about, am I being tied in somewhere and how to avoid it? And then the other things that, that I think a lot about is that need for perfection, which is where you may have a workflow that your editorial team follows. And so you, you obviously want to keep that as best as you can. But sometimes when you're making these decisions, you need to say, we keep this workflow, it's going to add three months development time to get this shipped, or it's going to cost a lot of extra money because we're going to need these extra tools. And sometimes that can be a simple saying to that editorial team, you've got a couple of extra clicks. And sometimes you get in organizations where they're scared to confront people and say, you have to change a little because your current workflow is technically outdated. And so it, it, you can't drive for perfection. You've got a balance of everyone. You've got a balance of technology and you've got a balance of the workflows that are being using it. Thanks for that, Jason. I, yeah, I love that. The uh, the idea that, yes, sometimes it's often the sorting out the internal politics, which is the most tricky thing because people do get very wedded to their own solutions, especially the ones that they've been proposing in meetings for lots of, maybe for many months or years. So it's, it's difficult to sometimes admit to backtrack. And that idea of vendor locks is probably something to look out for. Yeah. So listen, thanks for that, Jason. It's been great having you on from Middlesbrough. This, there's a bit of a kind of tech hub up there, isn't there? Is that right? It's not, I was thinking about this. It's not, you've got like the Silicon Roundabout near here and Silicon, Silicon Glen. What do they call it? Silicon. Yeah, it's called a boho is, is what it's called up here. So it's called like the boho zone. So they started with the university, they created a boho one, which is the first building. And now they're building Boho 10 because there's that many businesses that have formed up here. So we've got this network of the university creating new talent and then companies absorbing that talent and increasing it. It's an unusual place to be in some ways. Like most people, like you're from, you're in Middlesbrough at the minute. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, why? You can do a lot remote these days. And I think that there's a lot of fresh talent up here to be neutralized. And then that's what we're doing. Yeah. Northeast, lovely part of the world. I went to university up there. You've been listening to The Future of Media Explained. With me, Dominic Ponsford, Jason Agnew from Big Bite, who sponsored us this week. And we were expertly produced, as always, by Adrian Bradley. You can subscribe to The Future of Media Explained, wherever you get your podcast. Please do so. Like us, leave, leave a nice comment. And you can read more about all the issues we discuss on the Press Gazette website, pressgazette.co.uk. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.